The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Ah! It's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hey, this is Tyler Maine, Michael Myers from Rob Zombie's Halloweens, Sabretooth from the X-Men movie, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is the bride of SC Horror with the convention SC Horror in Columbia, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. To the Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Your Halloween candy supplies are probably getting low. You're starting to really flush out those ideas for next season, and you're not sure what to do now. Well, guess what? Big Scary Show is here with you with episode 276, and boy, do we got a feast for you, a feast fit for a Krampus. That's right. Well, first of all, you got to do all things scary, and Badger's got that covered. He's at the Lexington Scaricon, and he's got some amazing people he's going to be talking to. Uh, maybe we'll hear from Bill Mosley, D. Wallace, and others. A lot of great fun going on at that show, and you're going to hear it here on this episode of Big Scary Show. Badger also has all the great things happening right now in Deadline News, all the stuff you missed for the haunt industry this season that's starting to go on right now. Um, Meat Hook Jim has some pressing matters to talk about between the corpses. Jonah the Old Crone has some great advice, especially dealing with those oddball parents and the kind of things they put their kids through. Uh, I'll be talking in the Haunt Minute about, well, of course, ticket fiascos. You, you can't do that, and you know I'm sure so many of you Haunters are upset you don't have Taylor Swift tickets in your hand right now. So we'll be uh, getting all to that. 
But I did mention something fun, and Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and, you know, after that comes the, the winter seasons and holidays and Yule and Christmas, and that means the Krampus. So, in great big scary show, you know, fashion, we got three, we got three organizers of awesome Krampus events across the country out in Washington, Baltimore, and even a Krampus Con down in Florida. We'll be talking to them on the upcoming event, what's going on, um, what, you know, how the Krampus has survived uh, COVID, and things coming up. Lots of fun in the round table of terror as always. Lots of cool other things going on in the show, big surprises, and of course some awesome music. So tune in, Big Scary Show, episode 276, starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two movies being shown in this area that we sincerely would like to warn you about. The titles, The Gruesome Twosome, and Something Weird. These are without exception the bloodiest, goriest motion pictures ever produced. If you are the least bit squeamish, do not attempt to see them. We have told you about many horror movies that you probably got a big kick out of, but these are different. If you are at all impressionable, don't see them. If you have an impressionable teenager, under no circumstances let him or her see it. Absolutely no children will be admitted. Both of these films are in color, which even makes the horror more horrible. We are sincere in warning you about these movies. The titles again are gruesome, twosome, and something weird, and they are honestly the goriest films ever produced. See them if you must. But we wanted you to know what to expect. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, one of my very favorite horror cons to visit and one of my very favorite people I love to talk to is the lovely and talented Miss D. Wallace, who is making an appearance here, her first in quite a while. Miss Wallace, how are you? I'm pretty fab. How are you? <laughs> I'm tired. I just had a seven-hour drive up from Charlotte, checked into the uh, hotel, grabbed my battle vest here, and here I am. So, Well, I'm glad to see you again, baby. <laughs> it's always nice to see you. So what have you been up to since COVID kind of shut everything down? Well, it didn't shut things down for me. I had two of my best years I've had and um, got four films coming out, two films that just opened, Jeepers Creepers and The Knicks, recurring on two TV shows at the present time, so busy. Life is good for Dee Wallace. And and, I'll, and I'll be at Chiller next weekend. And that is in New, is that Jersey, New Jersey, yeah. Right. Where else are you going to be in, this, say, the next couple of uh, months? Are you going to be anywhere doing the Christmas thing? Well, I'm going to be in the Hollywood Christmas Parade in Los Angeles and uh, finishing shooting Fatal Attraction in L.A. and um, waiting to see if I'm going to go back on 911. Is the Fatal Attraction a remake of the original? It's a limited series based on the original. Are you playing the Glenn Close Close character? No, (laughs) hell no. You're too nice to do that. I wish I looked that young, baby. (laughs) You don't look a day over 35. Yeah, come on with me, little boy. Uh, 
I am at your disposal. We'll chat later. For uh, people wanting to know where Dee Wallace is going to be appearing so you can sign autographs, talk to her about her work in, say, E.T. or Critters or Cujo or pretty much every major film from the 80s until this very moment, where can people find information, websites, social medias, and otherwise? Website is IamDWallace.com, but the best place to go is just to Google me, and you'll find out where I'm at. D. Wallace, it's always a lovely time to see you. I see you've got a line here, so we'll wrap this up real quick. It is always a pleasure to see you here, especially back here at the Scarefest. It's nice to in this brand-new building here. you got to love it. Yeah, I do love it. Excellent. Once again, folks, just Google D. Wallace or go to imdwallace.com. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show here at Scarefest, and we're out. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Midnight Syndicate. Krampus on The Big Scary Show.
broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. So the biggest of ticket fiascos has just happened recently. And it's one of the more interesting ones. You know, the haunt industry, we're used to ticket fiascos. We've actually built the industry around ticket fiascos. We, we you know, saw from day one how our lines back up. And, you know, we started instituting, you know, the uh, uh, Q-Line entertainers, the VIP admissions, and, you know, time ticketing before most other things. Because we'd see what the backup is and the craziness with ticket lines. Well, uh, the rest of the world is just nowhere near close to the haunt industry to figuring this out. And the biggest uh, craziness is now that, you know, with you know some of the COVID restrictions coming down, people feel more comfortable about getting out in large groups. You don't see super spreader events from, um, you know, uh, sports and, and, and music venue things. You see it from, you know, people licking each other at a wedding. Uh, they're, they're starting to have good music is touring again. There's some good things this summer. So for next summer, one of the big announcements was Taylor Swift. And, you know, that was going to be a big hot ticket item. And Taylor Swift says, well, I hope the Ticketmaster can handle it. And, you know, all these other things. And Ticketmaster's been in the news a lot with, you know, buying live uh, entertainment and, uh, you know, pretty much becoming the only ticket outsource there and all your extra convenience fees and everything. But um, for some reason, you know, people went nuts because they had a pre-pre-sale. And, you know, of course you had bots, which apparently figured out which of the five pictures had a bridge in it and, you know, put in special codes and stuff. And people who weren't verified pre-fans were trying to buy the tickets early. So they only had like, you know, two and a half million tickets available. And they had like tens of millions of people try to sign in and the whole system crashed and went crazy and everything. Uh, well, yeah, and, you know, honestly, that's not a whole lot of tickets for something that big and, and something you promoted that much. So I don't understand why everybody's going crazy that they blew up the whole ticketing thing trying to, you know, have, you know, tens of millions of people buy two and a half million tickets. And they, they sold out the tickets. And somehow, because they sold out the pre-pre-tickets and then sold some other pre-tickets, they don't have enough tickets for the general admission tickets. Well, I smell a rat here because suddenly you have Congress and stuff saying, ooh, we got to break it up and things. No, you just weren't able to get a ticket and you thought being a congressman could get you a special one, so you're not going to Taylor Swift. And, you know, Taylor Swift, oh, it's not me. It's it's Ticketmaster. And, ooh, look at the ticket problems. Yeah, this is all just hype. This is like Reese's when they're saying there wasn't going to be enough Halloween candy. No, there's a limited number of tickets and they're just saying that the demand's that high and We'll blame everything else other than, you know, you should have went to a pink concert or something instead. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 276, and yet again, we're starting off with some sad news from one of our own. Wayne Seeley of Mystery Manor in Omaha, Nebraska, passed away in hospice care last week after a long and valiant second battle with cancer. Wayne was not only a haunt owner, he was a father, mentor, and a person that an entire generation of actors in and around the Omaha area looked up to. Wayne prided on giving him Mystery Manor attendees an immersive haunt theater experience. Another monster now forever walks the halls of Mystery Manor. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Wayne Seeley and the Mystery Manor and offers up this moment of silence. We have this news from the Frightmare Haunted House in Chesapeake, Virginia. Frightmare presents the Frightmare Before Xmas. Do you have what it takes to face axe-welding Santas, demented elves, and a very bloody snowball fight? Happening December 3rd and 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. at 1905 South Military Highway in the Chesapeake Crossing Center in Chesapeake. You must be 18 years of age or be with an adult to attend this event. Get more information on their Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Experience Frightmare. We have this news from the Necromanor Haunted House in Bossier City, Louisiana. Necromanor Haunted House presents The Shadows of Christmas. It's a season screamings holiday themed haunt. Come and survive the merry wrath of Krampus or get a picture. Christmas time is on the way and all the good little boys and girls are eager to see what the jolly old fat man brings them. But what about the naughty ones? The bad children? Well, they're about to be visited by Shadows of Christmas. Happening December 2nd, 3rd, 9th, 10th, and 16th and 17th, tickets are only $10. Located at the Louisiana Boardwalk, 505 Boardwalk Boulevard in Bossier City, get more information at autumnfrights.com We have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Amelie McLean to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta happening January 27th through the 29th. Amelie McLean is known for portraying the little pale girl from the 2022 hit Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2 can be streamed at Screenbox.com. More information about Days of the Dead and tickets can be found at DaysOfTheDead.com. 
We have this news from the Massacre Haunted House in Montgomery, Illinois. Friday and Saturday, December 16th and 17th, the Massacre Haunted House presents Christmas Nightmare Christmas-themed Haunted House. Advanced tickets are limited to only a 1,000, and they will sell out. So buy your tickets now. The Massacre Haunted House is located at 299 Montgomery Road in Montgomery, Illinois. More information at fearthemassacre.com. We have this from the upcoming Krampus Fest coming to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. On Monday, December 6th, come one, come all to celebrate this ancient European holiday. Live music by the band Slay Her, the parade of Krampi, and photos with Krampus. Festivities will take place outside the Hard Rock Cafe in the Courtyard. This is a rain or shine event because the band and photo booth can be moved inside the Hard Rock. Krampus will arrive at 7 p.m., so don't miss him. Live music from the Krampus band Slayer at 7.30. Get more information at facebook.com slash Slayer, that's S-L-E-I-G-H-E-R, Slayer Krampus Band. Hmm. We have this from the Dungeon of Doom Haunted House in Zion, Illinois. The legendary Dungeon of Doom Haunted House is thrilled to announce our first ever winter event. Subthermal Nightmare is unlike any winter event you've ever experienced. The Dungeon of Doom has been hit by a freak blizzard, creating a frozen wasteland where everyone is left to fight for shelter from this hellish storm. However, no one could have prepared for what the storm brought with it. Our entire attraction will have hell frozen over, entire new characters, a unique gateway show, a unique buried alive show, and every room will be transformed into a frozen wasteland. Happening December 16th and 17th, get more information at DungeonOfDoom.com. And finally we have this from the Hinterland Haunted Attraction in Ashley, Michigan. You didn't think we'd be gone for long, did you? Hinterland Sideshow, A Holiday Fright, is back. Open during the Village of Ashley Country Christmas and the Steam Railroading Institute's North Pole Express, this show offers brighter lighting, a no-scare option, and a shorter walkthrough. It's perfect for less courageous souls. Happening November 25th through 27th, December 3rd and 4th, December 10th and 11th, and December 17th and 18th. Get more information at hinterlandhaunt.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. 
Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> oh. Hello, everyone. Drew Badger here. We are live at the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. And, of course, hanging out with as many cool kids as we can. And they don't get much more cooler than Mr. Bill Mosley. Chat with him every now and then. He's always got a line here. The show has not officially opened yet, so I thought I'd grab a couple minutes. How are you, Mr. Mosley? I am well, thank you very much. Uh, saw you at Midsummer Scream. You had a line out the door there, and it looks like you're probably going to have a line out the door here if yesterday was any indication. Yeah, it was a good day yesterday, and uh, yes, the the the, uh, the doors are open, and I feel I hear the the tramping of many feet. Oh gosh, I, I can see them now, and they're starting to mosey their way over here. So we'll probably cut this a little short, but tell us what's going on right now. What kind of stuff are you working on? Uh, right now, I have uh, three movies in various stages of post-production. One is called Natty Knox, N-A-T-T-Y-K-N-O-C-K-S, directed by Dwight Little and starring me and uh, Robert England and Danielle Harris. Very nice. And uh, that is ready to go. Um, we also, uh, I also did a movie called uh, Hayride to Hell, starring Kane Hodder and me, and that is actually having its world premiere next Wednesday in Pleasantville, Pennsylvania. So that should be fun. I'm going to go to that uh, world premiere. Uh, that also features my daughter, Marion Mosley, really? who is a great actor and also uh, did the illustration on my new CD, Spider Mountains, The Devil Rides West. I was going to ask you about Spider Mountain. This is not your first CD. But you have also worked with people such as Phil Anselmo yes. and some other folks. How, how's the music career coming along? Uh, the music career is uh, limping along. <laughs> um, you know, I, my first band was uh, the Mosley Brothers. Then uh, I went to, uh, with Buckethead, we did a band called Corn Bugs. And uh, now it's Spider Mountain uh, with, a, with an interlude down in uh, uh, Folsom, Louisiana with Phil Anselmo. And we put out a, an EP called Bill and Phil, Songs of Darkness and Despair. And wh how would you describe the music of Spider Mountain? Uh, Spider Mountain is kind of, I don't know, alt-prog, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> you just have to find a copy yeah, and just, get just that. Just check it out. You can, it's on Spotify. <laughs> So The Devil Rides West is the name of the new CD. The old CD was called uh, No Way Down, Spider Mountain, and that's really cool, too. So where are you going to be making some appearances? I assume you'll be making an appearance at the world premiere of that movie in Pennsylvania next week. But uh, what about some other convention appearances coming up in, say, between now and the end of the year? The next one, uh, I only have two more left after, after Scarefest here. Um, the next one is next weekend in uh, Niagara Falls called Frightmare at the Falls. Uh, that's Niagara Falls, Ontario. And then uh, I think in the middle of November, I'm going back to uh, Chicago where I grew up for Days of the Dead Chicago. 
Very nice. That is the yeah. uh, 18th through the 20th, something Could in that be, area. Yes. Somewhere in that area. Something like that. Well, Bill Mosley, it's always a pleasure to speak to you here on the Big Scary Show. I wish you nothing but success here at the Scarefest. Once again, you can find Spider Mountain, The Devil Rides West on Spotify. And I assume there are some websites and social medias where people can follow your career and find out where you're making appearances and such. Yes, always go to at Chop Top Mosley. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You got the blue check? I uh, got the blue check. Yes. Yes. Got the, the blue, blue check. check. Excellent. Bill Mosley, always a pleasure to have you here. Check out the the, the um, social media again is? At Chop Top Mosley. So it's C-H-O-P-T-O-P-M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. Chop Top Mosley for all things Bill Mosley. Spider Mountain, The Devil Rides West is on Spotify. And so much of his other music. Again, Bill Mosley, thank you for taking the time to speak to us here at the Scarefest. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show. We're out. Ladies and gentlemen, that music does again signify that once again, the round table of terror is on the air. And of course, folks, we are looking forward to that big holiday coming up really soon where the big guy goes around looking for children to give their, their just rewards. Of course, we're talking about the Krampus. Who'd you think we were talking about? Santa? Ah, not a chance. With a lot of off-season haunts and everything, putting on you know Christmas events, a lot of haunted attractions, add Krampus to their mixes. What is a Krampus? Well, for unless you've kept your head under a proverbial rock for the last decade or so, Krampus, the Christmas devil, who goes out and punishes the naughty children as opposed to the other guy rewarding good children, has definitely established a foothold in American culture. There have been movies, TV shows. There's even conventions about the Krampus these days. So we thought we would talk about the Krampus, being that Krampus Nacht is coming up on December 5th. That's just a couple of short weeks away, and I'm sure many, many places around the country will be holding Krampus Laufs and Krampus Runs and Krampus events and parties and ugly sweater contests and all sorts of things. So we thought we would talk to some people who know a little bit about some Krampus groups and some other things going on from all over the country. So we have a fine trio of guests. We'll introduce them at this point. Going up to the Baltimore, Maryland area, we'd like to introduce John Long. He is the founder and organizer of the Baltimore Krampus Facebook group, among other things, and also runs the Fells Point Krampus Lauf, which is, I believe, coming up very soon. John, are you yes, with me. us? Yes, I am. Pleased to meet you all. Great to have Looking you on the show. The and uh, it's a shame this is not video because you are wearing a very styling Krampus mask right now. Hey, and then I've also got on my Krampus tie. Oh, man, I didn't know there would be a dress code tonight, but that's okay. It looks great. Going down south to Cocoa, Florida, we have Jake Estrada with us. He is putting on an event called CrampusCon, December 3rd and 4th at Merritt Island in Florida. At the mall there, Jake, are you with us? 
Yes, I am. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, we're just Jim Dandy, I'm sure. And heading all the way out to the Pacific Northwest, we have Eric Morley, who is with the Krampus Bremerton in Bremerton, Washington. He is the founder of that. You know, one of the first guests we ever had when we were talking about Krampus was from the Pacific Northwest and talked about what an active chapter there is up in the Seattle area. And I assume Eric probably has something to do with that. Eric, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me. It is Out great. on the West Coast where we pronounce it Krampus. Well, you know, <laughs> we, I have some German in me, so there's Krampus. But anyway, it's more authentic. you call it however you want. But we also want to introduce our guest up in Rhode Island, where they used to have a big Krampus event. I don't know if they've had it since COVID, but we have Storm up there. Uh, greetings from Frosty, Rhode Island. And um, <clears throat> yeah, no, a lot of venue issues. That's That's been the big problem up here. But we'll see if something comes together in the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, I believe it's Krampus Zinzinati. That they have an event there for the last couple of years. We have Meat Hook Jim. Uh, I am a host, not a guest, as you introduced us. But uh, this is going to be exciting. I, I love Krampus. And you know what? In this day and age, there's a lot more kids out there that need Krampus than need Santa. Hell Amen. yes. Indeed. <laughs> Can't argue that point. And out there in Fayetteville, Arkansas, don't know if there's a Krampus event going on out there, but I'm sure the Ozarks are filled with big, hairy creatures. We have Jana, the old crone. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing good. Um, we, I guess Mother Nature decided to really get me in the mood for this season because it's snowing. It's snowing here right now. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> My name is Drew Badger. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, normally. But today I am in Orlando, Florida, because this week I'm going to IAPA, and it's 81 degrees, Jana. Ha, ha. <laughs> but anyway, let's not talk about how beautiful, sunny, and warm it is down here in Florida. Let's talk about Krampus. Um, gentlemen, what got you into Krampus? Did you have a German grandparent? Did you just hear about it on TV or see some kind of reference for it as a kid? What was your fascination with the Krampus that um, got you into forming various groups or putting on conventions? Let's start with John. What, uh, what got you into Der Krampus? Well, uh, my grandparents are Pennsylvania Dutch and, uh, that a lot of German influence in there. My grandmother used to tell me tales of the Krampus when I was a child. And she used to say that uh, her grandmother used to always hide on Krampus knot because in Austria, they actually go around in a lot of the smaller towns and rap on the windows, the various Krampuses and the kids all, you know, run and hide so the Krampuses can't see them. Um, so she would tell me those tales and I was very fascinated as a child. And I was like, it's a shame it isn't really anything around here. So then about several years ago, I started seeing pop-ups in other places throughout the country of different Krampus groups. And I'm like, you know, you know, Baltimore could use that. You know, there's lots of naughtiness around here that we could certainly vanquish. So uh, it, it kind of started out the first one was, you know, the first official one that we did. Uh, we had about 30 people because it was right during the height of COVID. And it was an outdoor event, so we were able to do it. And then last year, we had 350. So um, I'm very interested to see how many we have this year. 
That's tremendous to to grow that fast in that short a time. That's that's excellent. Well, Baltimore's very populous, and I think a lot the whole idea of the naughty being punished uh, appeals to a lot of people because if you see <laughs> the stuff going on in Baltimore these days, you know it's like, yeah, we're gonna pay people not to commit crimes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of naughty people in Baltimore. We won't uh, yes, we won't is. get into that any further. But uh, Jake, how about you? Where did you hear about Krampus? I mean, was it in sunny Florida where you found this out, or or how did you find out? Well, I was a little kid, and actually, originally, I was born in Philadelphia. So they will have uh, every year. They used to have uh, John Wanamaker down in Center City, Philadelphia. They used to have Christmas around the world. So we went. I was about six years old, and we took this tour around. And this like this museum waxwork type of thing that had all these different like Santa Clauses, three kings. And then at the very end, there was Krampus right there. And I was like, whoa, I was I was taken aback by this this guy with his horns on his head. He was totally spooky. I was into horror films and I'm like, I would follow this guy. And I remember my mom was like, you're crazy. That's, that guy's evil, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I went to the library, picked up the old book, started reading about it. I really fell in love with it. And, you know, I, it, he always stayed in my mind. And I always would tell people, I was like, man, you ever see that, that, that Krampus guy? And people for years didn't know nothing about it until like uh, just about, what, 10 years ago when they started releasing all these weird movies about Krampus and everything like that. Then suddenly everyone became a buff about it, became like this, this next hot thing. So uh, I got into doing conventions. And I always was telling friends, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a convention about Krampus. We're gonna have a spooky Christmas theme convention. It's gonna be about Krampus and everything like that. And um, the time was now, you know. And that's how I I just launched this thing. And this we're gonna have our first annual one come this December. And it sounds like it's gonna be a pretty interesting event. And yeah. of course we'll we'll get more into that in a bit. But uh, Eric, how about you? Where did you first hear of Der Krampus? Or for me, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so much a childhood thing, except I'm an October baby, so I always thought Halloween was to celebrate me. So, uh, but uh, in Bremerton, my partner and I do an annual Pennywise setup in our yard, where we go full Pennywise theme with balloons out through all through the yard, and it became pretty popular, and we became Bremerton famous for for our Halloween display. And so that prompted a question from one of my friends who was uh, running an art show in, in her shop. And she asked me if I'd be willing to dress up as Krampus and show up for the art show for the themed show. And I thought that sounded like fun and totally in my wheelhouse. So I went and bought a couple of, you know, real cheap Halloween costume kind of things off of uh, Amazon or online stores and slapped together a costume and it ended up that people liked it and it was really popular and I, it caught the attention of a, a few key people, um, namely Krampus Seattle, the group out of Seattle who are really, really awesome people. And they kind of schooled me a little bit on Krampus and some of the tradition and, and history behind it and connected me with some of the authenticity. And so I started investing investing in uh more sophisticated traditional costumes out of Austria and then popped up again and it got even more popular. And now we're, we're looking to, we're organized a pretty sizable event this year that we'll cover some of the details later. But um, I was really pleased with how well it's taken off in my area. And it's kind of fun to 
represent a yuletide demon out on the west coast I remember maybe six or seven years ago when we started talking about Krampus this time of year, I think our first guest we had about it was the author known as Brahm. And I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he did, he did mention that Seattle was a real hotbed for Krampus activity and Krampus Lauf. That was kind of the, the big word at the time. He said that there was a, a big chapter up there and they did many, many interesting things at a Krampus Lauf. So there's definitely a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> still around it. I, I don't see Brahm around, but uh, which I would love. But uh, yeah, there's an, an awful, there's a decent presence around around Seattle and a lot of enthusiasm for it. I think we've got the perfect conditions and culture that support Krampus and all of the activities that go with it. Oh, nice. And Storm, you were saying you had venue issues for the most part, which is why they don't do it. But can do they need a venue for an outdoor event? Because I remember uh, at least you've attended at least one. Yeah, no, uh, the, the uh, Krampus Society of New England has been pretty active. They've done some things. They they're having some venue issues before because they'd have some place. It was more like a, a bar crawl and they'd done it in East through East province and stuff. And uh, they they'd you know, end up at one place or, or head to, a, you know, one bar and stuff, but they uh, had a couple of places they were interested in and then sort of, you know, I, I think there's one, they, they had it at like a, a Knights of Columbus or something. And then they figured out what Krampus was and told them no, but um, you know, it's a little tough with that. And then the COVID really hit big up here for uh, that type of event. So past few years, it's been really low key. I think, uh, at most they've done like last year was a story time with the Krampus at the Lizzie Borden house. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been moving around a little bit in the area for whoever's uh, running it. Sometimes it's in Newport, Rhode Island. Sometimes it's up in fall river mass, but uh, yeah, I haven't heard too much. I haven't seen too much going on in the past couple of months uh, for the Krampus society of new England, but uh, yeah, we're starting to get into more of these festivals and, and holidays and stuff coming back uh, this year. You know, I think we, we get through one season without, you know, having to cancel stuff for COVID. Uh, you'll see a real big jump next year. Like I was saying with Halloween, there's a lot more uh, Halloween events and, and more, you know, trunk or treat and city stuff. So, you know, we might see some Krampus knots uh, start showing up all over now with a little encouragement, like a conversation like tonight. Okay. Let's hope so. How, uh, any word on the status of the goat? No, no, I, I have not heard about the goat, but uh, again, you know, there, there are a couple of good goat farms up here and goats start wandering around and go missing and chewing on people's lawns and showing up places. But yes, that, that was one of the best. I, I couldn't make that night itself, but uh, I'm getting all the, I was getting all these pictures on social media later on um, because they'd gone to the final place for the, the Krampus knot. They're having it there and someone had brought a goat. And they partied with a goat for the rest of the night. That that was that was freaking awesome. And then mutton was served the next day. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Jim, have you been to uh, the Zinzinati Krampus events? I have not yet. <clears throat> but I am hoping to make it in December. It just depends. I can't remember what day it is. I have to look it up. If it's December 3rd, I'm out because I'm working. Okay. And how about you? Go ahead. Sorry. 
If it's not, then there's a good chance I will be attending. Excellent. Bring a recorder. Love to uh, get some coverage of that. How about you, Jonna? Do you know if there are any events going on out there? I mean, the snow might be getting people in the mood and everything, but. No, we really, uh, Krampus has not really taken a hold here in, in this area. Um, and I don't know exactly why. Um, I don't know if it's maybe just because we're mostly um, either Italian or Irish or Scottish, you know, descent in this area. Plus, you know, the, you know, 2,500 um, people who moved in from all over the United States for Walmart. But it just, it just really hasn't taken hold here. And, and I thought, you know, maybe that was something I could, um, could tackle and try to do some kind of event, but I just haven't done it yet. Would the uh, place you put on Banshee Manor allow you to do some kind of a party or something? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'd have to find a different venue for, for something like this. Um, I think if we did something, it would be more like something, um, Almost like a bar crawl type thing, oh. you know, something like that. Um, so I'm really not sure how we would, you know, how I could do it or what I could do. But, you know, I, it's definitely something that, in, you know, is interesting to me um, that I would, you know, I'm definitely wanting to learn more about and see if there's something we could do. I do have a question for everybody. Um, do you guys participate in Christmas community uh, parades? Like the town parades. We don't have one in our town um, in in Bremerton. Uh, there is one in Seattle, but we don't have one in Bremerton, which is perfect reason to create our own Christmas mm -hmm. event because it's it's not there's not too much that the city puts on around here, so we've not uh, participated in those. I was just kind of wondering if the city's. Um... You know, like I, I put, um, I did a thing with the 4th of July parade and I did skeletons and we decorated them up with, you know, kilts and, and flags and things like that. But I don't know if, if cities would balk at the Krampus because it's a little bit more scary. I know sometimes the haunted houses, if they're participating in parades, they have to make it very family friendly. Um, and I don't know if you consider the Krampus family friendly or not. We've been asked every year to participate both in the mayor's Christmas parade as well as in the uh, annual St. Patrick's Day parade. So mm -hmm. we have uh, it's usually the Krampus people, and then we're we are friends with the, the are great friends with the fairy community. So usually we'll all march together, and uh, people seem to love it. That's awesome. We've seen That's some encouraging. of the the other troops that that um, have experienced some of the some trouble where they've applied to be part of Christmas uh, festivals, not not in the Western Washington area, but in other areas where they've not been able to join some of the Christmas festivals, like in Eastern Washington and other places throughout the country, I've seen some of the groups not being allowed to join for those region, reasons that you cited. Well, you know, and that may be part of the problem here too, is we are, you know, we're right smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt. And um, so that may be part of the issue that, you know, as to why it's not really picked up very well here, because, you know, evil, bad, ooh, you know. Which, which is really interesting, you know, because, I mean, that's one of the things I have, in my research, been found out is one of the reasons why Krampus is always often pictured as having a broken chains 
is to symbolize how Christianity had tried to push him out of the picture and he's broken loose and come back, which is uh, what I've read, read a lot about is that's a symbolism because, you know, how Santa now gives out coal, whereas that was always Krampus's job because in order to get rid of, you know, Krampus, you had to have Santa take over some of the duties, which is, you know, completely, you know, that's another thing people also mix up is the difference between Santa Claus and St. Nicholas, which are two different identities as well. And they often mix the two of them up. You know, something I've always wondered is, okay, so the whole thing with Krampus is that he is punishing the boys and girls who were back, right? Correct. Which is, makes him a good guy, Maybe. not a bad guy. Which makes him a good guy, because if he was really a demon or a devil or, you know, a bad guy, then he'd be like, yeah, kids, you know, go be evil, go do bad things, you know, don't do your homework and, and you know, I'll reward you for it. So, you well, know, it's counterintuitive you... that people don't like it but, you know. but the other problem is a he also looks like something horrific and, and scary but if you're really really bad he throws it on your back and you're never seen again and uh they pretty sure he eats them well there's oh, well, also the you know. idea that he gets taken to the north pole and the children that didn't appreciate toys are turned into elves and for all eternity they have to make toys for children that do appreciate it so there's that school oh. of thought too I like that's that. a school I had not heard of. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I kind of like so that. Those are those three different ones is, you know, is he gets eaten or he just gets some is it in some of the old Krampus cartons from the 1920s and 30s. He takes them straight to hell because he's got pictures nice. of the kids in the backpack and they're stepping off a cliff into a fiery pit. Wow. So it's which one of the three? It could be any of the three that happened to the kids. My guess is it would be depending upon how naughty you are. Like, if you slayed yeah. your little brother, you're going to hell, you know? But if maybe if you stole all the other kids' toys and broke them, you know, maybe you're going to become an elf for all eternity. Maybe I'm that's where the chestnuts roasting over and over the fire came from. <laughs> that's a, an interesting look. Oh, I, this, I'm intrigued. It does also explain the uh, poor quality of Santa toys, which are usually uninspired and are the first <laughs> ones to break. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> I'm doomed to be an elf. I'm going to make a crappy toy. I was never good with playing with toys. Here, I'll make terrible ones. Yeah, and, and all this time, I wonder if Krampus. <laughs> it feels like it feels like Krampus needs to make a second visit to the North Pole after an incident like that. Yeah, that's another thing that always gets me too. Is how they always the modern media tries to pit Krampus and Santa as the anti claws. It's like no. If you look at all of the old Krampus cartons, and they're together. I mean, like they're like yin and yang. You know, the two work together as a team. I mean, a lot of them, it shows like the brother, it's usually the brother that's categorized as the bad one for some reason. Usually the brother is usually getting cold or getting spanked. And then in the foreground, you've got St. Nicholas giving the daughter, you know, a brand new doll to characterize the good and the evil rewards, you know? Nice. Was he it's definitely a thing that we're working to counteract sometimes. I think for those of us who are Krampus enthusiasts and working on building up events that we do, whether we meet a, a resistance immediately, we will in the future. Um, we did have an incident last year in Leavenworth, which is a big Christmas town. It's a Bavarian-themed Christmas town. All the architecture, signage, everything is Bavarian, and they have a big Christmas event and they invited Krampus Seattle, who organized a Krampus Lauf and invited a bunch of Krampuses up to, to Leavenworth last year um, for the Christmas tree lighting and to walk around and meet with people. And they'd expanded out there. 
their event to be inclusive of Christmas traditions throughout the world. And the most Bavarian of Bavarian Christmas traditions would be Krampus. And unfortunately, due to a lot of politics and drama from people who were excluded from the event, they kind of unified a a big kind of nationwide push to protest and plague and manipulate the the local politicians and event organizers to uninvite Krampus from 2023 or 2022, which was really a tragedy for folks like Johnny, you were saying that Krampus really is kind of a good guy in the story, even though he looks scary and is the most Bavarian of things. And so um, the nice part about it is it helps us in Bremerton to lift up a kind of a counter event to say, nope, he's still good over here. But it was really kind of, it caught a lot of media attention and it was really tragic that the, the city didn't support it and uh, kind of stand up and say, this is actually a super B- Bavarian thing. Have you ever read the description of angels in the Bible? They're scary guys. Read the description of angels from oh, the Bible. Gosh. They look nothing like the painting. <laughs> they are like some of the most hoops. frightening <laughs> things. And the idea is they are God's warriors. They're supposed to frighten the evil, which is the yeah. whole idea with Krampus, is he's supposed to scare the evil. He looks mean because he's supposed to scare you into being good you know that's the whole that's part of the idea you know Mm -hmm. he's not mean because he's a bad guy he's mean because he's you know the whole scared straight thing like they used to do back in the 80s where you take kids and and meet them like make meet with inmates for a day what's what's gonna happen to you when you're bad you know and the same thing you know it's, it's you gotta have something that's gonna shock a kid into being good especially back then i mean I mean, you look at, I mean, many of the other Christmas traditions, let's say that, you know, look at Joko Joftin, you know, the, the, the old cat, you know, he's going to eat you on Christmas if you don't wear new clothes. I mean, stuff like that. Well, if you look across many religions and cultures and theologies or what have you, there's always or most frequently some sort of icon uh, that inspires good and an icon that, that deters bad. It's all meant to inspire human behavior in one way or another that people want to, to get from them. And so, you know, it's it's not unusual to have somebody who's inspiring good behavior from the standpoint of consequences for bad, right? What's that yin and yang? In this day, in the age where everybody gets a trophy, though, you know, there really isn't that many consequences for being bad. Baltimore's a prime example. Yeah. Let the guys in the illegal dirt bikes ride all over the place. Let's start paying the squeegee kids for intimidating people. It's like we're rewarding bard behavior right and left here. I think we have found the true war on Christmas. It's the war on Krampus. Exactly. But I do want to let you know that you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We are talking about Der Krampus. With various Krampus groups and such going on around the country with our guests, John Long, Jake Estrada, and Eric Morley, and our regular co-host, we're going to take a very short break here, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots. Variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts. 
and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions, with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Round Table of Terror. We are talking Krampus with our very special guests, Eric Morley, Jake Estrada, and John Long, talking about all things Krampus, Krampus groups, Krampus laughs, and something called KrampusCon, which is coming down to Merritt Island, Florida, December 3rd and 4th. Jake, you're in charge of this. What exactly is KrampusCon? Is it going to be like an educational thing? Is it going to be like a horror con? Is it just going to be a bunch of cosplayers? What is KrampusCon? KrampusCon is a little bit of everything. You know, I, I like the idea of it, but people around here weren't really doing it. And I, I, I didn't have the tools to really educate people nor the time to do that. So in my background, mostly is doing uh, running comic cons and, uh, and, and whatnot. So I, I figured what better way to incorporate Krampus and make people come out with the best Krampus outfits as cosplay and bring some of the naughty elements. And then I'm also into films, but I also, I also act in, in horror films and I've done own films. So I was like, I'll make this kind of a, a, a horror convention with a horror film festival with, uh, I, I, I do have a guy. I hopefully I'm, pr- I'm praying that he does come to speak for like an hour about the history of Krampus. If I had known John, maybe I would have flown John down at the time, you know? Um, so, but that's something to think about for next year, you know? I was so, actually born in D-Land, Florida. Oh, <laughs> all this stuff's coming together. Yeah. Here we go. Davey Brat. All right. <laughs> it is so, good. You could literally take I-95 South and yeah. you'll eventually run into it. So, yeah, hmm. yeah I know. <laughs> I'm right here waiting. <laughs> But um, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, a smorgasbord of things, you know, from horror comics to to everything that mixed with Krampus in it. Um, I I'm even um having a, a limited edition Krampus edition. I don't know the show; it's kind of good blur. But anyway, yeah, I have translates uh, great to radio. But go ahead. Yeah, but <laughs> but 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 if, if you follow me, my links and stuff like that, I'm gonna have a uh, like a, a variant cover that I drew of Krampus on there. Um, we've been doing a lot of stuff, so I'm trying to just bring it to the forefront and, you know, have some fun with this and, you know, maybe some people will be disgusted by it because where I'm having it inside the, the, the Merritt Square Mall, it's kind of funny because Santa is going to be on the Macy side and we're like right around the bend right there. We're having our <laughs> same time with Santa and when all the little kids are, I'm hoping to put a little sign be like naughty and nice. <laughs> oh, that that's actually perfect. So if the yeah. kids that are screaming when they get on Santa's lap is like, well, you're a naughty child. Let's go see the Krampus. Yes. <laughs> and we're building a, a winter slaughterland room. So we're going to have like a throne room and we're going to have a guy dressed up as Krampus sitting there. And we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're just running with all this stuff there, you know? So oh, are you going to be, are you going to be providing any like educational materials? Cause somebody's going to walk in there and say, what the hell is this? Yeah. 
So, and you could just hand them a pamphlet. This is the Krampus. This yeah, is so, what so, he is, and, and all so, that. So pretty much that's what we're doing. We're going we're to have a few. We're printing off flyers that's going to have info about what he is, because but that that is a, one of the biggest things. Because when I when I start telling people about it, they're like, "What is that?" You know, and I'm like, "Okay," and I sit there and I explain over and over with them, and I even I'm like I'm like, "Have you ever seen the movie?" You know, that's a, that, that doesn't explain nothing. But have you ever? Heard? They're like, <laughs> like, no, no, I, I haven't heard that. <laughs> and How we, about you? Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you talk about them. Have you seen the movie? The one, the one movie that came to mind was was it uh, a Christmas horror story? Yes. Yeah. That just it's like, where where do they get this? Yeah. I don't know. But they did have zombie elves. <laughs> right. Is that the one where Santa's fighting Krampus with an axe at the end? Yes. Mm-hmm. God. When the, the movie actually called Krampus was not that great. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was that movie called Krampus, right? In the end, and they were like stuck inside like a snow globe. Right. That was mm-hmm. weird. There are 15 movies named Krampus currently. Wow. And two lot. named Mother Krampus. And Mother Krampus is all Frau Perch has nothing to do with Krampus. They just couldn't bother to actually use a name. Nobody knew who it was. Right. <laughs> you know, Frau Perch is just horrific in and of itself. Oh, my God. Really? I mean, yeah, Krampus never ripped anyone's entrails out and stuffed the kids with straw and uh, and dirt and sewed them back up again. That's a Frau Perch. Yeah. That sounds like another yeah. Tuesday night. Oh, my <laughs> And that, maybe that's how you do it in the Ozarks, but hey, now. <laughs> Just gonna say it sounds like something some kids deserve. Yeah, there are some kids who deserve to have their inner stuff with straw. Oh yes, <laughs> having a there's a whole special on A and E called Child Murderers. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, I, I can think of a few, um, but they're the same age as me now. <laughs> Big world record for the youngest murderer was six. Jeez. She mm. bit her baby brother to death in his crib. Now that's crazy. Huh? Definitely needs to be visited by Krampus. That is yes. one naughty child. But uh but, but John and Eric, uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Jake. Are when you put on Krampus events, do you have like literature or almost oh, information? Yeah. I have a yeah. my pamphlet is two sided. On the first side, it says, Who is Krampus? And it's about two paragraphs, very watered down, explaining who he was and who, who he is in relationship to St. Nick. And then on the second side of the, of, the, um, of the flyer is about the event. Because a lot of people go, Who are you? right off the bat. And I hand them the flyer. And then other people are already like, Oh my God, it's Krampus. I need your picture, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's getting to be less and less of who are you. That happened a couple of years ago, but now I think it's becoming much more widely known. But we, we have flyers. We always try and educate people because I've had people come up to me and go, oh, you're Satan. I'm like, actually, quite the opposite. And then I have to explain <laughs> who Krampus is and hand him a flyer. And I go, as a matter of fact, we do a lot with Toys for Tots. And then they're like, you do? And I'm like, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, last year we donated uh, 75 bins of toys to get to- the toys for tots so and this year already we've donated six so excellent and i was going to ask you about the charitable stuff but uh eric how about you what do you guys uh do to promote the uh legend of up in washington 
We also have an edu educational element to our event uh, for Krampusnacht, where um, there are a couple of things. When I went out and recruited the businesses, I made sure that I did similarly to John and created a flyer that I could hand it out to uh, the business owners and made sure that I also have it published on our website. But um, education in general, I will hand out bells with a little tag that has a very watered down, very brief history and, and um, who, it, who Krampus is on attached to the bell that people can frequently use and choose to use as ornaments. But the bigger element that I'm excited about this year is within our event is organized in downtown Bremerton. And so we have all of the, the downtown Bremerton businesses engaged in participating in this. And right in the heart of downtown Bremerton, we also have the Kitsap History Museum for our for Kitsap County. And they're super excited to be involved in this. And I've connected them with um, one of our, our troop members, Stella, who is kind of our, our local Krampus historian and uh, book nerd. And so the Kitsap History Museum will be sharing a history of Krampus and the educational element on who Krampus is. And also have a kids activity where we have printed Krampus masks onto cardstock where the kids can go in and color their own Krampus mask and then they'll tie them on and so the kids can wear Krampus their own Krampus masks around the events and, and confront Krampus for photos themselves. That sounds like fun. And, and that just kind of erases any stigma about Krampus, you know, if you're coloring and making a mask of them, how can you be afraid of them? Yeah, and the hope is to have the kids join us instead of being running sure. away in fear, because hopefully all the kids are nice kids and don't need to be hauled all the way by Krampus. Well, you hope so. My female counterpart, who uh, goes to be with many events, is actually a a uh, elementary special ed teacher, so she is like magnificent, engaging small children that are frightened. I mean, she like walks up to them and she immediately makes them feel comfortable and she explains to them, oh, you're not naughty, are you? And they're like, of course, no kid has ever been. Oh, I'm not naughty. Well, you've got nothing to be afraid of, that kind of thing. It's just, That's awesome. So, yeah, she is She is absolutely stellar with that. She's a, she has several um, disabled children of her own. So that's what got her into special ed education because she used to be a high school teacher and she's just She's my go-to. If there's a crying kid, I'm like, I don't even have to say anything. She's a beeline over to him to comfort him. Oh, perfect. And um, you mentioned Toys for Tots, John, with the Baltimore Krampus. Are, um, are Jake or Eric, are you doing any charity type thing for the community to kind of also erase the stigma that Krampus is evil and, and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Elaboration on that? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've already donated uh, a portion of my uh, booths to Toys for Tots over here in Bavard County. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I believe in giving back to my community. I also, during the day, I work as a school teacher myself. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm working all day, and I see a lot of the kids that, that come to my school actually um, – don't have a lot so i always figured you know this time of year is time to, to give back to the community that i live in so um I, I just was you know so every business i do i'm always i'm always donating towards certain uh causes like for right around this time i donate for 
Toys for Tots, and then um, and then the rest of the time I'm I'm always donating towards the Ronald McDonald House too. So, oh, very nice. We do a thing to kind of get people to give more. Uh, I usually put together like a Krampus prize pack, which has got like T-shirts and stickers and um, the Krampus movie, all kinds of stuff in it. And you get one raffle ticket for every toy donated. Okay. And uh, at the end of each event, then we pull the number and we give it to whoever. So people are like, oh, I'm going to bring it. You know, like the event that I ran on Saturday, one woman came and donated 20 toys alone. Wow. And she got 20 tickets and luck of the draw, man. She's the one that won it too. So she was very excited. She actually had the t-shirt on as soon as she put, as soon as she won it. <laughs> very nice. How about you, Eric? What does uh Bremerton Krampus do for the community? If anything. Um, well, this year we're, our, my emphasis has been on getting more engagement from some of the local business owners. And then, um, but we have done and. uh, and encourage donations actually to PAC, which is the People for Animal Care and Kindness. Um, there's a lot that goes, a lot of effort goes toward kids this time of year, and um, I love that. And there are plenty of groups who do that. And I also am particularly passionate about animals with two pups of my own that I absolutely adore who run the house. And so um, I love this local organization that's caring for animals and finding homes for them. So that's when folks are asking to hire me for different events or pay money for whatever, I encourage donations to, um, to pack so that it supports those local animals. That is awesome. Because again, you know, everyone's talking about the kids this time of year and, you know, sometimes the animals can get neglected this time of year too. So that's, that, that's really cool. So can't complain about any of that. What has been the reaction to the community at large? I know that, you know, the Bremerton chapter has been around for a few years and Baltimore has been around a couple of years, first year for KrampusCon, but how has the community embraced you? I mean, I know uh, one of you said last year you had 350 participants, which is astonishing. And, you know, there's a Krampus walk or Krampus crawl in Charlotte, and I see pictures of it because it's always a weekend I'm busy, and I just don't see a lot of people. So I don't know if they, the people here have truly embraced it as of yet, but how are, how are the community receiving your various Krampus events? In Bremerton, it's been extremely well received like I, I to the point where i was surprised at how well received it was and it actually took off a lot of a lot faster than i had planned i thought this was going to take me a decade to probably arrive where we're at um and so it's been extremely well received i've got uh over 30 or about 30 participating businesses we anticipate at least you know around 500 people maybe even a thousand hopefully attending the event it's gotten a lot of popularity a lot of circulation um we also have the really great conditions for krampus in bremerton we're a navy town with a real gritty history i can almost look out my window and see aircraft carriers and warships down down at the wow. at the marina and in dock um so we've got that kind of gritty history for for bremerton that's really receptive to krampus we're also a 30 minute ferry ride from seattle a short drive from tacoma but bremerton is still kind of run as a small town and we're about fifty thousand residents and 
Uh, we've got local poli political leaders who are super accessible, as well as local community leaders, nonprofit leaders, business owners. So everybody's really access accessible and on board. I've even had discussions with the mayor and the city council. Everybody's just been super supportive about what we're doing, the efforts that we're, that we're making to promote Bremerton, to support local commerce and business and support the organizations that, that are around here. So I think people are looking past horns and grimacing faces and seeing the potential that it has to be a destination event for Bremerton. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about that. How about, how about you guys? How about you, John? How's the community in Baltimore? Our community loves it. Uh, we don't really have as much business buy-in. We have some of the businesses. And I think a lot of that is because uh, the, Baltimore was hit really hard with COVID um, as far as the impact economically. So a lot of the businesses we talk to are struggling just to survive. As a matter of fact, like several restaurants that have been around for several generations have been closing just this past year alone because they just haven't seen the rebound in business post COVID that they had hoped. However, as far as the community, the people, everyone is full on on board with it. I mean, participation, uh, last year, like I said, we had 350, which was our third year. This will be our fourth year. On Saturday, we ran a our first. We had a lot of people saying, "Oh, you need to have an adult event, an adult event," because it's a normal event we run at Falls Point is an all ages event. And as a matter of fact, it's like, and we make it family friendly on purpose, and we want kids to come out and enjoy themselves. Last year, uh, for the fiercest Krampus contest, we have everybody line up and roar. Six year old girl won. Eat the living pants off everybody. So I look. I looked around the crowd. I mean, there were adults in there, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, she got it. She got it." So the rest of the night, she's walking around with this trophy, going, "I'm the fiercest." I'm like, "This is what we want." So this year, we also added an adult event, 21 plus, in a in a nightclub, and that was Saturday night, and it was very well received. Uh, where we did things a little bit more risque, like we had spanking contests and. Uh, <laughs> And we had a, a sexy Krampus dance off and uh, stuff like that. It was it was a hoot to say the list. Um, everyone was very happy. We will definitely be doing it again next year. Next year, and like I said, we filled up uh, three and a half of those Toys for Tot boxes. People wow. were very generous with their toy donations, and um, we made you know Toys for Tots. Is, yeah, I grew up. My father was a steel worker. So there were many very lean Christmases I had growing up because he would get laid off, the meal would shut down, there'd be a strike or whatever. So I always said, you know, when I'm an adult, I don't want this to happen to any other kids. So even before Krampus, I was always working for to get Toys and Tots donations involved in other organizations that I've been a part of. And But with the Krampus venue, I mean, like, literally a lot of restaurants, all I got to do is say, hey, you know, you take the bin for me, you know name a night in December and I'll come down and be Krampus, you know, for photos. And they're like, they're on it. So, you know, it's definitely been very well received. And, you know, I've got a lot of really good volunteers that I just, I couldn't do without. So I'm very happy. I'm hoping that once the economy recovers a little bit and once, uh, then we'll get some more businesses involved, but you know, you couldn't ask for better people being involved in it in my end anyway. What about you, Jake? Uh, have you received any, you know, protests or have, have people like welcome the fact that you're doing this convention? 
you know, you said you've done Comic Cons in the past, so people are like, "Oh, this is just going to be a Comic Con except with Krampus." Or what's the reaction been? People, when they see me and I do something, they normally listen. It helps that I'm almost seven feet tall, guys. Okay, so <laughs> so when I appear and I start talking, I start telling things. People, you know, they jump aboard. Um, pretty much, you know, no one's really protested about about Krampus. Like I said, um, when I started telling them about it, that we were going to do this, uh, originally I had set out to do CrampusCon at International Palms Resort on Cocoa Beach, and I had that set out there. We were going to do uh, uh, an after party for adults. It was going to be like a sexy type of thing like John was talking about. We were going to do all that. Then the International Palms Resort decided to close in the middle of, of all this. I had signed a contract, paid a down payment on it, and then they decided to close, and then I was like, I was scrambling, but then um, the the Merritt Square Mall was like, "Hey, we're here. We love to hold your event, Jake. Come." <laughs> so they, they 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 welcomed us with open arms, and I'm like, "But it's going to be kind of you know kind of crazy. You guys got Santa right over there at, at Macy's, and I'm doing this, and they're like, "No, we think it's going to be great." So I was like, "Okay." So um, th- pretty much people have embraced it. They actually like the idea. They, they, they see it as something different. And um, I think uh, while, yeah, it's kind of spooky and stuff like that, I, I think uh, where I live is kind of more open-minded to a lot of different things. They do uh, every year they have a surfing Santa too, and they do uh, in Cocoa Beach. So um, people are, seem to be down with it. I mean, I ended up getting about 40 vendors that signed up for it. And we're, we have a a large array of different people coming up with spooky soap, spooky uh, Krampus soap bars. Uh, I mean, all these different vendors. So it's been uh, an exciting experience to say the least, because I didn't know if people were going to gel with Krampus. They were going to shut it off because people are so used to the, the, the Coca-Cola version of Santa, you know, the <laughs> nice happy guy opposed to this, this, this thing that they perceive as a demon. Cause that's Every now and then, I, I do get that, too. I get people, they'll be like, is Krampus a demon? And it's go, whatever oh. you want it to be. I was like, I was like, he may be a demon to you, but he's a superhero to me. <laughs> Amen. It's interesting Any, uh... you brought up the fact about protests. And I know that uh, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, there were different um, horror movie would actually pay people to protest outside of the theaters against their own movie in order to generate <laughs> publicity on them. This movie is so gruesome. There are people protesting it. So I mean, it's kind of interesting. That, I mean, you know, Edderall Murrow is the one who said uh, no publicity is bad publicity if you know how to spin it. That's true. That's exactly right. I asked a friend <laughs> of mine, I said, what do I do if somebody shows up in protest? He's like, oh, it's probably going to happen, but that's free publicity. Just look at it that way. <laughs> Roll with it. That means you're yep. doing something right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Any uh, questions from the co-hosts at this point? I was going to ask about the vendors, but you kind of answered that question before I got a chance to ask it. Um, that you It sounds like you've got just a little bit of everything as far as vendors that comes to your your convention. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a little bit of everything. We got like... Uh, wrestlers that want to perform and, and dress up and their best Krampus outfits are telling me that we got uh we got uh guys that draw comics there's even a a, a lady that's doing a, a Krampus kid book 
You know, she's going to be there with her book. She just published. Um, so we, we have a lot of different vendors from a lot of different walks of life, but that they're into the whole Krampus thing and, and they got their, 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 their things going on. And I mean, it's, it's been an exciting experience to see, you know, the community come together to see how many people love Krampus, how many people are, you know, down with this. People even told me they've been waiting for something like this to, to, to hit the area. They, they, they always wondered, you know, because I actually, over the years, I've seen a few girls and guys and stuff like that dress up in Krampus outfits for their, their cosplays. And people would, you know, be like, what, what's this? So, you know, that's why I've been pushing this whole, like, uh, coming your best Krampus outfit for one of our cosplay contests. And I'm just trying to uh, grow the, the, the Krampus in this area. But I think, you know, while, yes, it might be warm, but, you know, the tropical paradise, we need a little Krampus. <laughs> Wrestlers, you say? Hmm, yeah. I wonder if you need a an, a ring announcer to uh to work that. I mean, hmm. you got you actually got the perfect voice for it too, bro. Well, it's not me. I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's actually, Jim. It's actually me. Ooh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do ring announcing and I do commentary. So, oh, you Let's guys talk, can talk more, off brother. the air. Yes. We'll talk off the air. <laughs> Uh, looking at the clock, go ahead. I was going to say that's an interesting point come up. And, you know, we've talked about Krampus for so many years and have talked about the events. I, I guess my last question, the thing I wanted to touch on before uh, we call it a night, is has the expectations of the people coming here Krampus events changed? Is there something new or different that they're looking for, something that they find, you know, to, to, to be more uh, attractive or, or, or want than you would even expect? I think people just want to have fun. People just want to enjoy themselves. And, you know, and, and something might be a little different than the norm is something new. And, you know, that, that's how I look at it. People are wanting that. something. I agree with that. They're wanting something different. I mean, Santa Claus has dominated this time of the year for so long. And there are people who are disenfranchised by it and, and find something different, something that's that's a little uh, out of the ordinary and they're looking for a change. And so I think yeah. what we provide, we fill that gap. And, you know, from an event organizer perspective, my ambition is to try and introduce a new element every year. So like this year, I've got the, the 30 businesses participating next year. We're going to introduce a parade, perhaps a campus market with vendor booths. And so, you know, I want to introduce something new and exciting as much as I can that brings a little freshness to the event every year. We try and do an educational and a fun little play spin. Uh, like last year, we did the whole thing. It, it's the brawl of the century. It's St. <laughs> Nick versus Krampus. And uh, we set up that there was going to be this big fight. And we had like a ring girl and we had like a <laughs> bell and everything. And they rang the bell and we rushed toward each other and we give each other a big hug. And, uh, and then we started explaining you know, we're not enemies, we're best friends. And then we went through the whole thing and everyone was laughing and cheering. So That's this year, awesome. uh, we have um, the elf of the shelf on trial, true traitor. So we have Santa <laughs> back and both him and I are going to question, we have two women who are going to be dressed up as elves on the shelves. And we're going to be like, you know, and we're going to be like, who do you, he's like, you don't work for me, Santa. And so I'm like, well, you don't work for me. And it's going to be like, this is what the true is, is, no, we work for the toy industry because that's where the elves on the shelves came from. 
And they're like, we're not here to see who's naughty and nice. We're here to see what toys the kids want to buy. I'm like, bingo. So that's how we're going to put the spin on that. So every year we just try and do a little, uh, a little different little play acting thing, you know, to kind of capture people's interest. That is an astonishing idea. I love that. <laughs> I would love to see, uh, love to see the outcome of that. So, and I still think Santa should have taken a steel chair to the head. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the guy who plays Santa man, is a really good friend of mine, and he's he's a, he is just a, he is best Santa ever because he is just covered in head to toe from tattoos man and as soon as he puts that red suit on he looks like Mr. Pure but <laughs> and he actually also hosts a horror podcast called the Midnight Hour so it's like you know 360 uh days of the year man he, he you know he does not resemble Santa at all but <laughs> you only need that one any uh, uh, growing, growing up, the best Christmas parties as a kid were always uh, the ones at the local Harley Davidson store. You know, oh, when Santa yeah. rides in on a Harley, that that's a good Christmas party. Awesome. Um, what does it take to? Uh, and this is my final question: What does it take to join your groups? I mean, do you have to go through an initiation? Do you have to have a Krampus outfit? If I wanted to, if I lived in the Baltimore area and I wanted to become a part of the Baltimore Krampus group or the Fells Point Krampus Lauf or, you know, Bremerton Krampus group or any Krampus group around the country, is there some kind of thing you need to do or not a process or just show up? Just show up, have fun. Talk to me. I I tell a lot of people, a lot of people have said, but I don't have an outfit. And I'm like, look, I can get you an outfit. I mean, there's a great tutorial where this guy goes to a thrift store and he makes a Krampus outfit. And I'm like, you know, I, I am more than glad I have stuff to loan people if it's their first time, uh, all, you know, and I can easily, you know, send them tutorials if they get a 3D printer on masks, horns, hooves. I mean, I could show them how to make stuff out of paper mache. I mean, creativity is all it is. And like I said, it's the idea is fun. Have fun. You know, some people want huge horns. Some people want little horns. Some people want to paint their face red. Some people, like, it's the spirit of Krampus that's what's most important. Amen. Bro. I tell that's folks, right. grab, a, grab a pair of horns and some bells and join us. And for those who don't believe me, I've also published on our website, the, on KrampusBremerton.com, instructions on how to join us. We, I host socials throughout the year. Um, where people can come and meet like-minded folks and have a drink or two or three um, and <laughs> hang out and talk about Krampus. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I was going to say that I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it derailed. So, That's okay, Jim. We know you're salivating at the prospect of a... We need to get a sound way. effect for that. It's starting to happen more often. <laughs> I just attribute it to advanced age. Well, that's, that's what I attribute it to, too. So, you know, it's <laughs> no big deal. But any final questions before we start winding this down? Well, if we don't have any final questions, let's talk about the section of the show where we like to call the plugs. 
So this is where you guys advertise and promote whatever events your Krampus groups have coming up in the next few weeks. And how can they get more information, websites, social medias, and all that. Let's start with Jake. If I'm somewhere down in central Florida or East Coast or anything like that, and I want to come down to Merritt Island and check out KrampusCon, I assume tickets are on sale now or whatever, how can people get more information, maybe participate, maybe cosplay? How can they find out about all things KrampusCon? All right. So, guys, the KrampusCon is, is a free event. You just come to the mall, oh, December wow. 3rd and December 4th. Come visit our, 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 our vendors there. Uh, come and engage in our winter slaughterland room. We're just going to have Krampus sitting there. To find out more information about the event, you can go to KrampusCon.com. Krampus, you know, spelled, and then con is K-O-N.com. And then uh, you can also search for us on on, on um, Instagram, Facebook. And if you can't find any of that, you can't spell Krampus, look for my face called Jake Estrada, and I have stuff about that as well there. Search, search, search. You're going to find it. And, and I'll tell you all the info. We, we have info there. We have who's coming out. So come look for us. So KrampusCon, December 3rd and 4th at the Merritt Island Mall in Merritt Island, Florida. Yes. Excellent. That's Krampus with a K and Con with a K, all one word. Yes. Jake, how about you? How can people learn more about Baltimore and Fells Lauf? You know, the Baltimore Krampus and the Fells Lauf, Krampus Lauf, or whatever. All things Baltimore Krampus related. What are websites, social medias, etc.? The easiest thing is to look up Fells Point Krampus Law. It's really Fells Point Krampus Law. Uh, you can find us. We are also on uh, Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. We're on uh, Twitter. You know, but I, I tell, send everyone to the Fells Point one because it's e it's unique, and they won't mix it up with any other groups with similar names. Uh, we have a lot coming up. We actually have two photo opportunities. Uh, one of them is going to be at uh, Marshy Point Nature Center. And once again, it's a donation for Toys for Tots, as always ask. Another one is at Edgar Allan Poe, Westminster Burying Grounds, wet, um, his tomb. And we're going to be doing that on the 3rd during the day, um, December 3rd. And then the big event is the Fells Point Prophet Law, which is at 6 p.m. in Fells Point at Fells Point Square on December 3rd as well. And all of these events uh, are to benefit Toys for Tots. So please bring a new unwrapped toy to donate, and that'll get you a raffle ticket to win a Krampus loot box full of all kinds of different things, Krampus-related, uh, many things made for, by local artists and donated by them. And if you're over 21, uh, it also includes a bottle of wine donated by a local winery as well. Um, once again, it's we're all about to Toys for Tots, and if you want to join us, everybody's welcome. We will help you put together a costume. Or if you don't want to be a Krampus and you want to be a Marilod or you want to be anything else, we'll help you do that as well. It's all about the spirit of Krampus and the spirit of a non-traditional holiday. Excellent. So Fells Point Krampus Love. Correct. And Eric, how can people get more information about all the events going on in Bremerton and or the Seattle area? Folks can go to 
uh, KrampusBremerton.com, where you'll find most of the things that are happening in the in Krampus related in the Puget Sound area. Bremerton is very easily accessed from most places in the entire Puget Sound. Um, our event is Krampus Knox Bremerton, which will occur on December 2nd this year. It will always be on the first Friday of December. So mark your, you can perpetually mark your calendar for the first Friday in December for Krampus in Bremerton. Uh, this year's event will be from 5.30 to 8 p.m. in downtown Bremerton. That's at the intersection of 4th Street and Pacific Avenue, really close to the Bremerton Ferry Terminal. Um, like I said, we'll have about 30 participating businesses. The local movie theater is going to show the 2015 Krampus movie. We've got the Kids Have History Museum. We'll, uh, the flea market will have photos with Krampus and Santa Claus. Um, Cups and Espresso will have the uh, high school jazz quartet. Um, we'll have on-demand t-shirt printing at Fingers Duke. Um, the local bars will also be participating and going to organizing a little bit of a pub crawl. So you can jump from, from bar to bar in downtown Bremerton and get a drink for all of those interested in the 21 plus activities that are happening. Um, so you can find us on the, and you also, we will have Krampus Seattle, which is an extremely well-known Krampus troupe that um, they also run Krampus in America, the Facebook page. Um, so they're, they're, we will have five of them joining us in full Austrian, Austrian costume, um, supplementing our event. So we're going to have some great Krampus costumes at, at our event. Again, it's all found on our website or on all of the social media under Krampus Bremerton, where you can find us there. Will those uh, genuine Austrian costumes include the hand-carved wooden masks? Yes, indeed. There are, will be, as far as I know, at least seven hand-carved Austrian wood masks, including my own. Oh, fantastic. Did you buy yours or make yours? I <laughs> bought mine from Krampus Shop out of Austria. Also, I should make a plug for a, a U.S. woodcarved um, mask maker, G.H. Carving, Gavin Hughes. He can, he's G.H. Carving on uh, Instagram. He is a mask maker out of Coeur d'Alene who is doing some brilliant stuff. I bought one of his masks for my son. He's doing a really awesome job, and he's in the U.S., and you don't have to wait for all that stuff to go through customs, which is fantastic. Wow, I did not know there was somebody making making wooden masks. That's apparently yeah, pretty that's cool. authentic. So very, very interesting. Well, we'd like to thank our guests once again for participating in this roundtable of terror all about the Krampus. Once again, we want to thank John Long, Jake Estrada, and Eric Morley for taking the time to come speak to us here on the Big Scary Show, as well as our regular hosts, including Storm. You know, it, we have this conversation every year we've done the podcast, and we always learn something new about the Krampus, which is great. And I just think that this is going to be another year where the popularity of the Krampus is going to take off. And part of that's probably due to that they have some GQ uh, Santa Claus promoting the World Cup for Christmas. So go also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. I remember what I was going to say earlier. It's very simple. If you're going to if you're going to design your own Krampus, Krampus, 
I call it Krampus. I just listen to Drew too much. Uh, costume, think about it because big and hairy costumes equal very hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Very, the, very hot. The story of you in the Sasquatch costume was just oh. hilarious. Uh, you're talking about 25 pounds of fur with a, a mask that sits on top of your head. Uh, with a muscle suit underneath it, it's like 40 degrees outside. And when I got done, my wife beater looked like I just got out of a swimming pool. <laughs> oh, boy. And I don't even want to think what the inside of that costume smells like. Yeah, but do. anyway, also... <laughs> also wanna... Antimicrobial is your friend. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Also want to thank Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone. Hey, I think I'm going to go find a Krampus costume and throw a kilt on it and see what awesome. happens. Actually, I had to do that last year. I had I was invited to the, Sc the Scottish Highland Christmas party, and they asked that I wear a kilt, and I did. There you go. And I'm not even going to ask if you wore it true Scottish. But anyway. Well, if, if you don't wear it true, then it's a skirt. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger, getting ready to go to IAPA this week. So next show, be listening for IAPA coverage. And one of the things I always love to do this time of year is go on YouTube and look up the Krampuslauf from Graz, G-R-A-Z. I believe the year is 2010. It is about eight minutes of absolute Krampus bliss. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Kids running high the story 
It goes like this He's not a Christmas angel He's Santa's evil twin On Christmas Eve when the bad kids sleep That's when his work begins Cloven hooves and a long black suit He's really quite a sight Hide your stockings, say your prayers The crumpus comes out tonight origins aren't that clear they go back a couple of thousand years but every myth agrees that punishment is his goal he might use a switch might use a chain in some countries they'll drag you away you'd be happy to settle for a lump of coal he's not the Christmas angel he's Santa's evil twin on Christmas Eve when the bad kids sleep that's when his work a drunken beast with long, sharp teeth He's really quite a sight Hide your stockings, say your prayers The Krampus comes out tonight He doesn't get a TV special You won't see him in a Christmas card With any luck, you won't see him at all Drew Badger, we are live here at Tiny Terracon in Hickory, North Carolina. We're checking vendors out. We're seeing all the celebrities. Had this gentleman on a couple of times. Met him at uh, Days of the Dead in Atlanta one time. I believe Carolina Fear Fest. A couple of other places. Mr. Tyler Maine, you might know him from. Oh, a couple movies, X-Men, Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, I should say. Mr. Tyler Maine, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? We're having a good time. I assume the people have been coming up to you and talking to you all about Halloween. The new Halloween movie has just dropped, so to speak. Have people been making comparisons or asking your opinion? Have you seen it? What do you think? I have not seen it yet, so uh, looking forward to it. And the reviews have been, well, you know... Let's, let's say mixed. I've heard, I've heard there are mixed reviews, so, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. And, and that's the great thing about this franchise. There's so many films, so many different kind of takes on it. And, uh, you know, I'm a little biased because I think Rob Zombies are the best. So, <laughs> you know. We, we, won't, uh, we won't ask John Carpenter that question, but not that, not that we'll interview him anytime soon. But, you know, it's got to be interesting working with Rob Zombie. You know, he's just put out the Monsters movie, again, to some interesting reviews, a lot of good, a lot of you know, interesting films. And uh, Rob's kind of got that attitude where if he puts a movie out, it, it doesn't seem like everyone's unanimous, love it or hate it. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, at that's the thing about show business. You do your, uh, 
interpretation of whatever the material is. People are going to like it. People are going to hate it. People are going to take different things away from their personal experiences in life as to uh, what they get out of the film. So that's, that's the business. That absolutely is. And speaking of the business, when people have been coming up to you, what have they really been asking you most questions about? Oh, I mean, there's, there's a few regular questions. What's it like working with Rob Zombie, which is great? Uh, how tall am I? Six, seven. And, you know, my wife says you should put a list of the top ten questions that people ask me and just put it behind me. You know, and, you know, WCW used to advertise you as seven foot when you were Big Sky the Wrestler. So I think there might be a little bit of mm, exaggeration in pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, really, you think? <laughs> Not having ever done it. But, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Can, can you still do a snapmare or anything like that? Uh, you know, I haven't tried lately, and I uh, don't think I really want to. <laughs> Those days are done. You know, Kane Hodder will choke you if you want in a photograph. Can you put somebody in a sleeper hold if they ever ask? Or has anybody ever asked you to, like, put them in a sleeper hold for a photo or some other kind of move? You know, I, I get the chokes and all of that, and uh, I take care of business. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, do you know if you're making any other appearances between, say, now and the end of the year? Are you going to any of the other, like the Days of the Deads or other shows? I have about uh, four or five other shows that I'm doing, maybe six. But I couldn't tell you where they are. Just follow my Instagram, The Real Tyler Main, and they will be put up there. So the best place to reach you is The Real Tyler Main on Instagram. On Instagram or um, uh, tylermain.com or mainentertainment.com. Sign up for the newsletters and we'll keep you in uh, touch with whatever we're doing with Main Entertainment. Speaking of that, I understand you've got a graphic novel in the works. What's that all about? Yeah, we're doing a graphic novel uh, that uh, we have Christopher Priest is writing it, who wrote The Black Panthers, Punishers, Vampirella, uh, Captain America. He's written just about everything. He's writing that for us, and uh, it is called The Last Spartan. Imagine Sons of Anarchy uh, meets True Detective meets Human Trafficking. So it is diving into the topic of human trafficking quite a bit. And, and since I've become involved with this, I've been doing a lot of research and, and, and getting involved with the human trafficking side of it. And it is a big problem that we need to solve, in not just in America, but all around the world. So it's something that I'm glad that I can put my name on and, and help bring awareness to. It is interesting that over the last several years, you're seeing more and more like in airports and even restaurants and things, if you suspect human trafficking, have this number. Is there a national hotline where people can call? Are you aware of that? I know there, there has to be. You know, there are. I don't have them off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, just if you see something that looks out of the ordinary, just call 911, call the authorities. Deal with it that way. That is the quickest and best way to deal with it. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for taking up such an important cause, not only on a national but an international scale. It's it's fascinating how when you can take a role and all of a sudden you start realizing that there's so much more behind that role. It, it has a deep meaning and there's a lot, uh, lot to it. And if you can make it help make a difference uh, in people's lives, I'm all for it. And that's why I love doing what I do. I, I have this mental image of, in my head of having this like layer of human traffickers and all of a sudden the door kicks in and you're standing there ready to kick some major ass. And maybe you should put that in a movie at some point. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Main, always a pleasure to talk Great to you job. again, sir. Thank you so very much. Once again, folks, find Tyler Main on Instagram and look for that graphic novel called The Last Spartan. Coming out soon? 
We're, we're working on it. It's going to be, we're going to be making announcements. Follow, sign up for the newsletters on uh, TylerMain.com, MainEntertainment.com, and we will keep you abreast as to what is going on with it. Excellent. TylerMain.com, everybody. Again, Mr. Tyler Main, thank you so much. Speaking with us here on The Big Scary Show, my name is Drew Badger out here at Tiny TerrorCon, Hickory, North Carolina, and we're out. Thank you, brother. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are continuing our journey into tortures and execution, and we are come upon pressing to death. By law, defendants in British courts were compelled to plead guilty or not guilty. If the prisoner maintained a dignified silence, the case could not go ahead, presenting a major dilemma for the authorities. A legal subtext complicated the issue. Those punished with the death penalty forfeited their estate to the crown, but there was an advantageous loophole for the accused. If he refused to enter a plea, his wealth and property could not be touched for he would die an unconvicted man. Many were prepared to make the sacrifice to ensure the financial security of the family. To encourage defendants to plead, the courts employed Pien forte et dur, which, when this strong and hard pain was defined by law in 1275, it was intended to be hard labor in prison. By 1406, the sentence had been perverted to pressing to death and was, for most purposes, a method of execution. Pien forte et dur was delivered upon a dank cell floor. The accused was spread-eagled naked but for a loincloth and with a board placed across the chest and stomach. Day by day, iron weights were piled on the board until the pressure was excruciating, sometimes enough to crush ribs with fatal results. The victim might receive three morsels of barley bread on the first day of punishment but no water. On the second day, there would be stagnant water but no bread. This went on until the prisoner agreed to plead or died. Sometimes pieces of wood or jagged stones were placed under the victim's back, a refinement that hastened death. A pebble the size of a cup <clears throat> was put beneath Margaret Clitheroe when she was pressed to death at the toll booth outside York's prison cells on March 25, 1586. <clears throat> Clitheroe's crime was to be a practicing Catholic when Protestantism was England's prescribed faith. 
Despite numerous entreaties, she refused to deny Catholicism, and a frustrated judge finally sentenced her to be pressed to death. She lay on the open ground, pinned in the shape of a cross, before 800 pounds were piled on top of her. Within 15 minutes, she was dead. Margaret was beatified in 1929 and made a saint in 1970. In the first 20 years of James I's reign, 44 people were pressed to death in Middlesex, three of them women. Walter Calverley was pressed to death at York Castle in August 1605. In a fit of insanity, he had slaughtered two of his sons and tried to kill his wife at Calverley Hall, Yorkshire. He rode off with the intention of killing his other son, Henry, who was being nursed elsewhere, but Calverley Sr. was arrested. Overcome with the remorse following his incarceration, Calverley refused to plead so that his son might inherit the family home. At least one man died under weights in Nottingham because he was mute and therefore unable to plead. Remarkably, Cecilia Ridgway survived a pressing of 40 days. Believed to have killed her husband, she wasn't even fed. Ultimately, King Edward III pardoned her, recognizing that her endurance was after the manner of a miracle and contrary to human nature. For 366 years, pressing to death was a standard punishment in England until the barbaric method was outlawed in 1772. It wasn't until 1827 that silence on behalf of a prisoner was construed as a not guilty plea. Well, you know, some of that pressing to death also extends uh, into the U.S. Uh, uh, Giles Corey of the Salem Witch Trials was pressed to death. So, you know, it doesn't sound like a pleasant way to go. Um, I certainly want, wouldn't want that to happen. I don't know about you guys. And... The most terrifying form of evil is that which lurks within the human mind. This is Asylum of the Incurably Insane. Asylum, the ultimate in horror. Asylum, the prison of madness, where few enter and none return. Asylum, filled with stark raving terror, from Robert Block, author of Psycho. <laughs> See Asylum. You have nothing to lose but your mind. Asylum, from Cinerama Releasing, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. is one thing that happens every year that just boils my buttons. Bad parents. Parents who want to use our haunted houses to traumatize their kids. I've had an age restriction for several years now, but there is always those parents who actually tell their kids to lie about their age, or it's too late to stop them from going through. We have several candidates for the Idiot Parent of the Year Award. 
I'm going to share with you my top three. In third place, the dad that brought 10 girls about eight years old, I was shocked whenever half of them chickened out in the first room. Sorry, dude, no refund. I'm sure there's a mom at home laughing because she told him this was a bad idea. In second place, this one I had briefly discussed on the round table a few weeks ago, is a dad who brought his 11 or 12 year old son, had him so worked up and terrified that by the time it was their turn to go in, he refused to enter. And the dad's response was to start calling him a baby and threatening to tell his friends that he was a coward. Fortunately, I was able to step in on that one and managed to give the kid a great experience at my haunt while chastising the dad for being a jerk at the same time. But the winner of the Idiot Parent of the Year Award goes to the mom who decided to act like a Karen, saying it was her choice whether or not her kids could handle a haunted house, and then proceeded to drag her two- and four-year-old screaming bloody murder through the haunt. She even kept trying to scare them herself and telling the actors to get them. <sighs> At my haunt, like most, we love scaring people. There has to be a line with small kids. Often my actors will pull back and not even try to scare them, only to have a parent get mad because it wasn't scary enough. We're kind of damned if we do and damned if we don't. But as fortunately, unfortunately, as long as there are bad parents, it's something we have to deal with. But it is definitely a good idea to discuss this with your actors before the season starts so they can kind of have an idea of how to react or what to do in those situations. So until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Hello everybody, Drew Badger. We're down here at Tiny Terracon in Hickory, North Carolina. We're chatting with all the cool kids, and I walked down one of these aisles and I saw this big banner for something called SC Horror. I'm assuming that stands for South Carolina Horror. You know, South Carolina is not known for its horror conventions. It looks like they're getting ready to change that. And I have the Bride of SC Horror sitting next to me at the booth. How are you doing, Bride of SC Horror? I am doing wonderful. I'm seeing all of my fellow creepy friends. I've seen quite a few ghost faces hanging out. And got to meet Tyler Maine. I mean, come on, who doesn't love that, right? He's a great guy, been on the show a couple of times, and several of the other guests here meeting all the horror fans and everything. And I assume you've got people coming and asking, what is SC Horror? Well, SC Horror is the only horror convention in the state of South Carolina. It's going to be hitting Columbia next September. 
and we are going to have an awesome lineup of celebrities. We've got Brad Laurie, who played Michael Myers. We also have James O'Barr, who created The Crow. John Russo, who created Night of the Living Dead, plus a whole bunch more. And, of course, artists, vendors, cosplay, and even a haunt that's going to set up and have fun with our attendees. And with that being almost a year out, I assume that list will just keep getting larger and larger. Absolutely, and we're just going to keep adding more quality to the show as we go, and we're out here just getting promoting because we got to get a lot of people if we want to have a really good party. Absolutely. Now, this is your first year? This is our first year here in South Carolina, actually. So we did other shows up in Vermont. So this is actually our ninth as a business, but the first in South Carolina. I'm assuming you did not call it SC Horror up in Vermont. No, actually, we had Vermont Comic Con and Green Mountain Comic Expo up in Vermont. So did you just move down here and decided, well, we got to put this on now? Oddly enough, we came down to South Carolina last year to retire. (laughs) And then we got involved with some friends who were like, we don't have a horror convention. And we're like, what? How can you not have a horror convention? How could I retire in a state with no horror convention? Yes, yeah, so it's like, all right, well, we're out of retirement now, and we just hit the ground running. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm assuming people can follow you through websites and social medias as you add more guests and add more vendors and events and things like that. Yes, you can give us a follow on Facebook. That's our main platform. Uh, so give us like likes, follows, shares, all that fun stuff. We're also on Instagram, and you can find our webpage, which is schorror.com, for all of the updates. And SC Horror is the same on all the socials? It is, yes. Well, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking for September 16th and 17th of 2023. It's not too late to... It's actually not too early either to start making your plans to go down to Columbia, South Carolina in September for SC Horror. Bride, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us here at The Big Scary Show. Awesome, and thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to listen to your guys' podcast some more. Excellent. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live in Hickory, North Carolina, Tiny Terracon, and we're out. Snowy Shaw, Krampus of the Big Scary Show.
mess up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios Creepy Collection Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Von Caron Productions and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.